When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Happy Monday and welcome into the PHNX Sun Devil Show. I am Anthony Totri, joined part-time yeah, yeah. by Sean DePaz. There it is. John, before the show started, we both were like stretching like we were yeah, 50-year-old men. <laughs> as, soon as, the, as soon as it got to like two years. <laughs> that was tough, though. <laughs> that was tough, man. Uh, obviously, we got back from Vegas this past weekend, but how was uh, the rest of your weekend? What would you do? I mean, it was pretty good, um, you know. Had brunch yesterday, which was mm. good. A place mm. in Old Town. I'm uh, just kind of hung out. It was a lazy Sunday. Was what was it? What place? Yeah, what place? Daily Dose. Oh. Okay, I've heard of that place. Oh, I had the best breakfast of my good. life yesterday. What you? The think? best, like, so I went to. I, th- I think it was Morning Squeeze. I was hoping you were going to say like I went to Denny's. No, Morning Squeeze. They have guy. a um, a carne asada. Ooh. Eggs Benedict. Ooh, ooh, ooh. And it was so Yeah, baby. I had a, I had like a steak and potato bowl, and it was pretty bomb. It was um, so elite, dude. That sounds good. What I really liked about this place is it had grilled biscuits. So then, and, they, and I asked for honey, and she just gave me like the full bear. Like she put the whole bear <laughs> gave you a on my da- on honey. my table, and I was able to just take the biscuit and pour some on at each bite. It was money. I respect dog. that. I respect money. that. Uh, all right. Enough about breakfast, because it is lunchtime. Almost dinner time. And we're going to talk Arizona State. Arizona State. It's closer to lunchtime than it is dinner time. Yeah. I, give it it. I would I argue give that it, it is yeah. still in lunchtime. Yeah. it's Unless you're 80 years old and you eat true. lunch at 4 o'clock. True, true, true. That is true. And breakfast was like three hours ago, four hours ago probably. Or lunch. Yeah, I mean, it depends. It really depends. Lunch. Arizona State defense. Yes. They had their media day today. Um, so we're able to hear from a, a bunch of different players. Ro Torrance, Trey Brown, etc. I do want to get into just the specifics of Brian Ward's defense, the expectations for that defense, some standouts, uh, because obviously this is a team in Arizona State where it felt like the defense was a liability last season, right? Specifically, the run defense was a huge issue for the Sun Devils. Um, Donnie Henderson, phenomenal person, phenomenal, um, I was going to say coach, but... Hard to argue uh, that one. The numbers don't really point in that direction but better than glenn thomas though probably better than glenn thomas though but brian ward specifically obviously a guy that you are familiar with just with his time over at syracuse yes sir uh, we know babers babers made we'll get into the the numbers here in just a little bit but as somebody that was a fan of a team who had brian ward on that coaching staff what was that defense like that you remember at least i mean it's it's tough because he's obviously or no i guess not obviously but 
the reality is he's coaching with much less talent. But like um, at Syracuse. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I think it's uh, significantly less talent than he was than he had uh, either here or his last or last stop. But I mean, uh, the Syracuse had a, a few dogs. I think I think what you saw is that, uh, and something that I think is going to be very important for this team is it was a defense that didn't like they never quit. That's for damn sure. Yeah. Like um, I'm trying to remember exactly the years he was there. Um, but like I would say, the one thing that you could like the defense, if anything, was consistent. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe not always great, but it was consistent. You knew what to expect, which was great for a Syracuse team that had a wildly inconsistent offense. Um, but um, yeah, man. I mean, it was it was a defense that won games they probably weren't supposed to. Yeah, and I think that is crucial for this defense um, because I mean, we're gonna talk about it later. This this conference is deep, man. There's like yeah. there's some scary offenses. Obviously, everyone knows what USC is. So. Um, they they're gonna have to kind of steal some games, and yeah. I, I think you've seen that a little bit in his 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 tenure at Syracuse. Yeah. So Ward was with Syracuse in 2017, 2018, and what he did to that defense was mm. pretty ridiculous. And again, to your point of the whole discrepancy in talent at Syracuse, more talent at Washington State for sure, and at Arizona State, right? So that defense, 2017, 2018 led the nation in turnovers forced in 2018, forced more turnovers in 2017 and 2018 than any other FBS team in the nation, and finished in the top 15 in third down defense. Syracuse was also top six nationally in 2018 in turnovers gained, interceptions, fumbles recovered, and sacks. While also setting the school record for sacks, he helped develop six players into all Atlantic Coast Conference selections during his time. Yeah, and they were all players... No one's heard of, <laughs> which I think is probably a good sign for this defense. Like I said, he was, he was really good at, I think, bringing out the best out of a unit that was not incredibly talented. Yeah. Um, so we'll see. Um, but it, and obviously the ACC is. Yeah, uh, the quarterbacks that are playing in the ACC, uh, like I'm not a Drake May guy, but I mean, like, you know, they I mean, this is a team that beat a number one ranked Clemson team in the dome. Yeah. And held them to 17 points, I believe, in that game, or, or 20 points, something like that. So, uh, um, and I, if, I mean, if you remember, that was in the Clemson's peak. So, um, I mean, it's a pretty good. He, he like I said, he he did a lot with a team that was not all that talented. Um, and I, yeah, I mean, like, I went to Syracuse for football or for basketball. Like that's a basketball school, yeah. and he he gave that the students uh, the the student. Students, I don't know why the student, student body. section, student body, I guess, like go. something to be excited about um, as far as football was concerned. Yeah. And like it, Syracuse is hard, a hard place to do that because it's such a basketball focused school. You do that. I mean, that is not the case at ASU. Like, I mean, basketball has its spot, obviously, but I would argue that when both teams are good, this is a football school. Yeah. Over, I mean, it's hockey school and a bat and ball school more than anything, I would say. But as far as those two are concerned, it is a football school. So. Um, if you can get the, the student section excited, then I mean, Look, there's nothing there's nothing more fun than a college football defense that is a just, just dominant, full yeah. blown 
like unit, right? Yeah. You look at, and again, you you teased it a little bit. We're going to get into just how deep this conference is a little bit later. And you could make an argument. The reason why this conference isn't necessarily as deep as the SEC is because the lack of defense across yeah. the board, yeah. right? SC obviously is going to have a, a pretty ridiculous offense this year. Oregon's going to have a good offense this year. But you look at pretty much everybody else, right? I, I would argue that Utah has an average offense, but their defense mm-hmm. is really what pushes them forward. Oregon mm-hmm. State, another team yeah, with a great defense. defense yeah. And then you look in the SEC where it's LSU, Georgia, Alabama, arguably three top five defenses right there, right? Mm-hmm. And that's offense entertains, defense wins championships. Yeah. And that, I think, when you look back at last year's team, for Arizona State, and you look at what Trenton Borgay was able to accomplish just in a handful of games, which which is why I have a little bit of an issue with people trying to write him off already, is yeah. the numbers that he was able to put up with A, an inexperienced play caller, yep. a shaky offensive line, and... An inexperienced play caller that was just thrown into it. It's not like that yeah. in off season. Yeah. And mind you, Borgay was kind of pushed into the fire yeah, well, with yeah. when Emory Jones got hurt. Yeah. Right. So again, for a guy to throw 300, 400 passing yards, and then at the end of it, the defense is, is not really helping him out at all. Yeah. I think that's why you're going to see a completely different Arizona state team. You don't even this year. need this. Well, yeah. Yeah. I mean like, but the defense doesn't even need to be like significantly better. Like it just needs. I just need to be at any point be confident that they might make a stop because that was not the case yeah. last year. Like any time you're like the offense better score here because every time that the offense failed to score, it felt like the other team scored. Like it felt yeah. like you didn't have like, confidence. Oh, okay, okay, now now we've turned the ball over at the fifty yard line and and now okay here's this offense is going to score like um and you had to rely on. The offense to win a shootout and i think you said it the other day most of the time trent borgay is the kind of quarterback that's not going to win or lose you a game so getting in shootouts is probably not the best idea and obviously i, I mean he, he did i guess against washington but outside of that like they're, they're just not a team that's going that's really built to win shootouts especially if and i mean again i think trent's probably the starter here but especially with the kind of quarterback that Trenton Borgay is, you need the defense to get at least a couple stops or at least give the offensive confidence yeah. that they might get a stop. Yeah, exactly. You don't need this. Def- this For ASU to be a bowl team this year, a- they don't need to have the number one defense no. in the conference by any means. They just need to be better than what they were last year. Again, specifically, specifically when it comes to run defense, taking a look at the Donnie Henderson defense last year, right, versus Brian Ward's defense um at washington state last year right in team defense the asu defense was ninth last season the washington state defense and team defense was third the run defense for asu was again ninth the run defense for washington state sixth again a a big improvement and you look at the the run defense you're you're talking about total yards here yeah that difference is about 60 yards per game. ASU has given up roughly 180 rush yards per game, uh, which is just completely unacceptable for a Power yeah. 5 team, in my personal opinion. Uh, in terms of rushing touchdowns, Washington State was second best in the conference to ASU. 10th, they obviously were atrocious in terms of run <laughs> defense. Uh, forced turnovers, ASU was just ninth. Washington State was third. Points per game, the Sun Devils were ninth, and Washington State was third so you see the trend here that i mean washington state's defense was significantly better than arizona state last season in a bunch of categories that probably would have pushed asu to a 500 season last year yeah and i mean washington state is a good team a good program obviously and i think the roster is better than asu's 
But I mean, there's still these. It's not like we're comparing an SEC school to a Pac-12 school. We're comparing two Pac-12 schools. Like the talent is somewhat comparable. And it's not like they didn't have anybody on that defense last year. Like Rowe is back, Jordan's back. Like, uh, and, and I mean, they had Soli and Merlin Robinson last year. So like, it's not like there wasn't talent on the defense last year. But I mean, Bobby saying in the chat, like it was not exactly the most. Uh, confusing defense yeah, like it, it wasn't was, a very it, exotic it, defense. yeah it wasn't there wasn't a whole lot of complexity to it um and i think if you have smart players which i think this defense does um so again like i was saying about his time at syracuse like he, he i think it, the the way he coaches defense the complexity he brings to it allows the defense to play beyond its talent on paper yeah um and like we were saying if you if you could do that with this defense which i mean obviously there's questions there's a lot of turnover particularly in the, in the front seven i guess but um, if you can get this defense to just play a little bit better than they are, and again, the offense we, we keep talking about is going to be, I mean, there's weapons for days. It's going to be improved. Um, and it's similar with the offense. Like, it's going to be more complex as well. Um, so I think on both sides of the ball, it's going to be a team that plays above their talent. Um, and I mean, man, uh, with especially on the offense, that offense is talented as it is. So if you can get both sides of the ball to play above their talent, it's going to be a tough team to beat. Not saying it's going to be like a dangerous team or a, a really good team, but they're just going to they're not going to make it easy like they did at times last year to beat them. Yeah, look, we've got a, a bunch of standouts, potential standouts, uh, both returners, transfers, <laughs> freshmen that I do want to get into. But before we do that, guys, I want to tell you where you can go get some free money, and that is over at Bet. MGM. They do this really cool thing. This this promotion still going on um, with the swing for the fences. Like it's pretty much a video game on a yeah. sports betting app, which I say just about every day. I have never seen, and still to this day, even though they've been running this promotion now for I want to say a little over a month, maybe a month and a half, I have not seen anybody else try try and like do Dude, a video game like that, yeah. for a sportsbook app. It's one of the coolest things, and it's super easy to use, guys. Just log in to BetMGM Sportsbook app on iOS or Android and play the BetMGM MLB free-to-play game from May 27th through September 7th, so there's still plenty of time to try it out. You can be a batter and pick an area of the strike zone, and depending on the area of the strike zone you pick, you're going to get either a single, double, triple, home run, or pop out and receive the prize associated with that type of hit. It's played once a day. Prizing does have to be used on MLB and expires in a 24-hour period. Pretty sure I got a double today, Ooh. which means I get a, I, I want to say a parlay boost. Yeah, that's right. So looking forward to that. And guys, if you haven't signed up yet for BetMGM, use that bonus code PHNX. There's a few different offers depending on where you live. But for our Arizona audience, guys, place your first bet offer and receive up to $1,000 back in bonus bets. If it loses with BetMGM again, make sure use that bonus code PHNX. Check out the show notes for full details. And now listen to Shane talk about the disclaimer. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Colorado, D.C., Illinois, Indiana, Kansas, Louisiana, Maryland, Mississippi, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369, New York. Call 1-800-327-5050, Massachusetts. 21 plus to wager. Please gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP, Arizona. 1-800-522-4700, Nevada. 1-800-BETS-OFF, Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help, Michigan. 1-800-981-0023, Puerto Rico. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Kansas, Nevada, New York, or Ontario. Ontario can't get four peaks on t in Ontario but you can't get it right here in the great state of Arizona um and as always we love our friends over at four peaks I mean we were like you used to mention we were obviously just in Vegas and after those long days sometimes you want to just sit down at a, a blackjack table shout out Ashley uh, actually not shout out Ashley shout out soon and is that the first one yeah yeah she was such a sweet lady she was yeah. um shout out Jiang Long 
not for you because you struggled with Zhang Long. Was that the lady that took all my money? No. Um, Zhang Long, Zhang Long was the guy that replaced the lady that took all your money. And when you bought back in, took all your money again. I don't want to talk about that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but it would have it would have gone down a lot. Swall- it would have got da- gone down a lot nicer if you had a four peaks. That's true. That's true. Right. That's true. It always does. Um, so get yourself a four peaks. Um, as always, you know they're always supporting the teachers. Teacher Tuesdays. If it's you're a tomorrow. teacher. Yeah, exactly. If you're a teacher, tomorrow bring your ID, um, your, your teacher's ID to Four Peaks 8th Street Pub. Get $4 pints of Kilt Lifter, Wow, Hazy, Hopknot. They're amazing. Um, as always, check them out at Four Peaks Brew or at Four Peaks Pub to keep up with the latest at Arizona's hometown brewery. But you must be 21 or older to drink Four Peaks and please drink responsibly. All right, let's get into some of the standouts that we've got for the upcoming season for the Arizona State defense. Actually, before we get into the five standouts that I've got here, why don't we give some honorable mentions? Because I feel like there, there's a couple of guys that are on this or that are not on this list that uh, definitely are, are worth noting. And I want to start with a guy, uh, D. Ford, transferred from Austin P to Arizona State in the offseason. Um, he's a guy that if you talk to any of the players on the defense, a guy that is, you ask him who stood out, maybe mm-hmm. surprised him, and D. Ford tends to be that answer. A guy at defensive back that I just don't think is getting enough love, and that's because you got guys like Roe Torrance yeah. and Jordan Clark um, already kind of pegged to play in the secondary. But D. Ford is going to be a guy that probably surprises some people, right? Uh, even even talking about some of the transfers, he's not a guy that gets a lot of love. Yeah. Um, Xavier Alford's another Yeah, one that's the guy that's that the name did. I was just going to mention. I mean, 100-yard landlord. Like, yes, sir. Come on now. I mean, Him. Um, is that UFC for a reason? Yeah, absolutely. Clayton Smith, another one who yeah. I, I think is just a ball of potential that everyone's kind of just waiting to see what he's like on the field. I love comparing him to one of my favorite son of all time in Karan Crump, mm-hmm. um, just because they're built pretty similar. Um, they're, they, they're both just built like, what's the, the best way? They're, they're, they're built like predators. Yeah. No, I, I know, <laughs> is, feel that, you. That's, I'm trying to find like, if the reason we've got junkyard dog in the in the thumbnail is because that's I mean some of the guys on this Arizona State defense are going to be JYDs, just guys that they're just animals. Dogs. They're dogs out there, um, and I think he certainly has the potential to be one of the best players, not only on the defense, yeah. but. I'll go out and say that I think he has the potential to be one of the best pass rushers in this conference. Okay. Um, in this scheme, too, I think it's it's certainly going to be interesting to watch. Do you have any honorable mentions? Uh, I'm just, I mean, I, I don't know honorable mentions, but just, I guess, like some of the freshmen that I'm interested in seeing yeah. if they're able, able to have any kind of impact. Ashley Williams, Montana Warren, Keith Abney. Like, if any of those kids are able to have any kind of impact. Because if you can get, if this you can get any kind of uh, production from freshmen, I think that's going to be huge, obviously, not just for this year, but for a couple of years to come. So, um, I'm just, fight. yeah, I'm just really interested to see if any of those freshmen, I mean, uh, we, we talked about it when we were out at practices. Ashley Williams is just a unit of a dude already, and he's a freshman. Man. Yeah. Like, so to see if, if he just based on just pure physical potential is able to have any kind of impact would be interesting. Um, and then, I mean, defensive backs, man, there's always, always stuff always happens in the defensive back. Someone's always getting hurt. There's all, I feel like there's always an opportunity for somebody to make an impact. So if either of, you know, Keith Abney, Montana Warren ever get a shot, um, 
who knows what they'll be able to do. So yeah. I just, uh, yeah, not necessarily honorable mentions, but I'm just interested to see what a lot of the, if, if any of these freshmen can have some kind of impact. Yeah. I, I do want to give a little bit of love to CJ fight. Cause this is a guy yeah. that again, he, he's showed flashes in the spring. Again, you talk to anybody. I want to say Chris Cartman, a son of a source asked the question today. Uh, just like, who is the strongest guy on the team? Pound for pound. It's probably Scadaboo. But when anybody talks about strength in the weight room, Colin fight, is a guy that everybody brings yeah. up. I think there was videos posted of him just squatting a ridiculous amount. Again, he's a true freshman. He's 6'1", 297 pounds. He is a unit of a <laughs> freshman. Okay, That's a, that's a inch shorter than me and like a full 100 pounds heavier than me. And get this, right? Combined to make 94 total tackles and 23 tackles for loss and eight sacks over a 21-game span during his sophomore and junior seasons. Also had an interception, a forced fumble, a fumble recovery, and four hurries. Um, Sounds good. He's he's pretty damn good. Oh, yeah, by the way, uh, he wasn't doing that in, like, Maine or, like, Washington. He was doing that in Texas um, Mm. where they eat, breathe, and sleep football. Yeah. So, Cullen Fight has the potential to be one of the best players on this defense. And, again, he's a freshman. Mm -hmm. But taking a look at the five that we've got um, in terms of potential standouts, I want to start – Number five, Michael Matus, a guy coming back from injury, obviously missed all last season uh, with a knee injury. He is one of the veteran leaders on this team, which yeah. I was, I was, it obviously was such a, a big hit for ASU's front seven last year, losing him. I think you saw that in the way that they played. We talked a little bit about just not seeing them really get any pressure. Mm-hmm. This is a guy that can certainly not not only give you the veteran leadership of it, but coming back from injury, he's got a chip on his shoulder. He's got something to prove, and everybody's asking questions of what this front seven is going to look like. Yeah, I think Michael Matus might have some of the answers. Yeah, I agree, and I, I think you mentioned the leadership. Like that, that's the big thing for me. Obviously, Jordan Clark is going to be one of the leaders on this defense, but uh, I mean. He was here last year as well. And losing solely, there's obviously a little bit of a vacuum as far as leadership and yeah. the entire the line back as far as the front seven is concerned. Like I said earlier, it's complete. I mean, it's a complete crapshoot. There's so many new faces there. So to have a guy who's been a part of this program um, there to kind of provide that leadership, I think is going to be huge. Um, and then, yeah, obviously, if you can get production from him and he's able to bounce back from this injury in like a, a massive way. Like you said, it answers one of those big questions of where are you going to get that production um, on the defensive line specifically. Um, And yeah, I think I think it makes a lot of sense to kind of when you're asking that question to look here first. Yeah, most definitely. Moving to number four, the the guy that pretty much since he stepped foot at ASU, everybody's been talking about JC Trey Brown. Oh, Trey Brown. Trey Brown. Look. 49 total tackles last year. (laughs) Um, And he he brings the experience of playing in this defense, transferring over from Washington State. He is just a dog. Yeah, He's much bigger than I thought he was. I want to say he's about six foot three, um, which ASU's linebackers in the past haven't necessarily been that big. Kyle Soley wasn't that big. Mm -hmm. Um, And and Merlin was a little bit lengthier than Kyle Soley. But Trey Brown is built like a guy that – your running back and your fullback, if you have one on your roster in 2023, is scared of. He's just built. He's built kind of like a. What's what's he's built like a Prius. <laughs> that's that's pretty. He's a Prius in the front seven. Um, and again, we we talked about leadership. He brings mm-hmm. it in a different way. Again, playing in Brian Ward's yeah, defense, yep. playing under a guy in AJ Cooper, right? Like 
that is certainly going to be valuable. Maybe not early on in the season where there are games that ASU is predicted and projected to win. But when you get into just dogfights at the end of the season or midway through um, and there's guys that are tired and they mm-hmm. don't know what to necessarily do, your mind's kind of going haywire and you're like, okay, well, like, well, I'm not familiar with this defense, right? Yeah. Obviously, you're, you're in meetings, you're in practice, whatever, but it's another thing to go out there yeah, and execute that defense. He's got that experience. And I think Trey Brown is, is going to be one of the most valuable pieces yeah. to this defense. Yeah, and, and I mean, this isn't like a lot of the transfers, which is, I mean, like all due respect to them, but like a lot of these transfers are either coming from places where they didn't get a lot of opportunity or they're coming from like lower levels. It's not necessarily the case with him. Like he produced at Washington State. He had, yeah. kind of, he had a career year last year as far as tackles are concerned. So like um, he, he was, he, he's played. And then obviously, like you said, he's played in this exact system under this exact coach. That's, I think, invaluable for a team that not is just undergoing a new or, or, or implementing a new system, but like I was been saying, has so many new faces. Yeah. Um, I think again, exactly what you said. Like that, the leadership it provides in that sense um, is uh, again, I think, invaluable for this defense. Yeah, it's going to be exciting to see him in an ASU uni. Moving on to number three, you got BJ Green here. Yeah. Um, this guy seven and a half sacks in the last two seasons, and I, I've got a note listed he's just wired a little different yeah right and you know why i say that is because he is a guy that was a walk-on mm-hmm. at a certain point earned his way on the roster and ever since then he is just he's i don't want to say the lifeblood of the asu defensive line but he has been another invaluable piece that has just he's been different for them when when nesta went down at a certain point last mm-hmm. season you got B.J. Green. Yeah. Or when you look for somebody... Th- this is the best way to describe B.J. Green. If you watch an Arizona State football game and you hit a certain point last year where you're just like, damn, this unit can't get any pressure. They can't force a sack. The quarterback has all day and you just need somebody to come up big. It was B.J. Green. Yeah. And it says something about a person, specifically a football player, when you are a walk-on and you earn your spot not only on the roster but in the rotation. Yeah, and I mean not just earn led the team in sacks as a freshman. Yeah, like <laughs> so. I mean, yeah. Do you have the list of the other guys that did yeah. that? Um, Merlin Junior Anya, Anya, uh, There you go. Anya Ali <laughs> and Terrell Suggs. Yeah. Um, those other three guys are all four star recruits. And then you got the walk on. Yeah, and BJ was a three star recruit. To be fair, yeah, he was a walk on, but he was a three star recruit. But still. Three star recruits and four star recruits are. There's a big difference. There's a big difference. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, That star does mean a lot. So, uh, yeah, I mean, like you said, just wired different. And I mean, uh, he's one of the only guys in this front seven that knows what it's like to produce in a Sun Devil uniform. Yeah. Um, So, um, hopefully, that brings with him a certain amount of confidence. And I think, again, confidence is going to be pretty key for this defense because, uh, and, and him in particular, because again, this defense did not produce last year, so the guys that are returning, it's a, it's a pr- obviously a pretty big year. So we'll we'll see if he's able to kind of again be a, a, a leader as far as production is concerned in this defense. But again, like I said, knowing what it's like to produce in a Sun Devil uniform, I think is gonna it has a certain amount of value that it's gonna provide this defense. Absolutely. Moving on to number two, you want to talk about somebody that's capable of providing in a, in a Sun Devil uniform, uh, the one, the only Jordan Clark. We, we had the luxury of talking yeah. with him over at Pac-12 Media Day, and this is what just... A dude. 
He's just he's a hell of a hell of a person, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and a hell of a football player. Obviously, his dad playing in the NFL, and you want to talk about somebody that's wired just again yeah. a little bit different. I think one of the the standout points of him at Pactel Media Day was him telling his his pregame ritual story yeah. of how he watches the same highlight tape of his dad and his favorite one. Is I forget who it was. Wills McGahee. Yeah, where he made Wills McGahee go to sleep, and he went to sleep yeah. too. <laughs> and but again, that's just like you it shows gotta, you the kind of dude he is. You gotta yeah, he's like he's a defensive back. And again, this is I feel like hard to find in this age of football is to find a defensive back that not only isn't afraid of contact but that seeks out contact. Well, yeah, I mean, this is the kind of guy. Like obviously he's younger, but you could tell that this is the kind of guy that was made in the image of this of his dad's of that era defense. of football uh, yeah. yeah and like it was just it was hard hitting and cut and cutthroat and uh he's he's just a wrecking ball of a dude and i think another thing that speaks to what kind of person he is he talked about it at pipeline media day like he didn't need to be doing all this like he yeah. he grew up with a very privileged privileged life as he acknowledged and he did this because he really wanted it like he, he started doing this we're doing workouts with his dad and his dad told him that he could quit at any time um and he did and he didn't right like he he got all the way here because he loves the game and he loves not just the game but the physicality he loves everything that comes with the game and i think again that's a great thing to have in a leader and a great thing to have in a football player um and like i feel like he's such a such important so important to this team as far as leadership is concerned it very rarely gets talked about how good of a fucking football player he is yeah like he's he, he's Probably the best defensive back on this team, if not if not the second best behind Rowe. Like, certainly the most proven. Yeah, exactly. So, like, this is your best defensive player, most likely, and also your leader. Um, like, so yeah, I mean, I in my mind he is the most, and I, I know we're going to talk about the other guy in a second, but in my mind he is the most important player on this defense. Yeah, look, JC is is a guy that when ASU defensively is doing things right, it's more often than not because yeah. of him. And he's the kind of guy that makes plays that you notice, right? Like, I mean, a, a yeah. secondary, like, obviously, you're usually knowing, noticing the secondaries that make plays, but he's the kind of guy that makes plays that provide the energy, the defense with some energy. Yeah. Um, and I think, yeah, that's a super valuable thing, especially with all these home games, man. Like, if you, if, if JC's coming and he's delivering some kind of big hit or make some kind of play, interception, whatever, and he can get, he's going to have all these opportunities to get the home crowd into it, like, that is going to be super valuable, too. Yeah, most definitely. Moving on to the last player in this list. Ro -ro. Uh, yeah, Ro Torrance. I mean, and I, he's got it listed at 210. He said he lost about 10 pounds in the offseason. Uh, so about 6'3", 200 pounds, says he's in the best shape of his life, uh, which is a scary, scary thing for opposing yeah. offenses given what he did for Arizona State last year. Look, the reason Roe Torrance is number one on this list ahead of, of JC mm -hmm. is because, in my mind, to have a cornerback at 6'3", that is, oh, yeah. it, it's, a, it's a huge difference maker in and of itself. I have nothing but full confidence that Brian Ward... And in this system, you can look to Roe Torrance to just be like, okay, you have him all game. Mm -hmm. Don't let him do anything. And Roe is going to make sure that that happens. Yeah, I mean, if he's losing a little weight, is a little quicker too, and obviously just has this incredible physical tools that you're not finding in most defensive yeah. backs. Um, yeah, I mean, I, obviously, I think he has a, an opportunity to have a terrific year. And like we were talking about earlier with Brian Ward's defense, if, if this defense is, is, you know, confusing offenses, confusing quarterbacks, and quarterbacks are making a few more mistakes or they're under more pressure it's just it's going to give row an opportunity to be even more important yeah i, I think um so 
Yeah, I, I mean, like like you have written here, he is the the. the Every opportunity to, or at least the potential to be this team's number one defensive back and, and this team's most important defensive player. Um, because if you, again, yeah, you have to do that 6'3, 200 pounds, just absolutely locking it down in the secondary. Like, even most SEC schools can't say they have a guy like that. So, um, it is certainly the ability to be like an absolute game wrecker in the secondary. Yeah. And you bring up, I mean, a phenomenal point right seeing what he was able to do last year when it felt like quarterbacks had all day exactly and now you get a defensive system that is quite literally built on the idea of chaos and pressure Mm -hmm. that spells nothing but good things for the secondary so it's certainly going to be exciting um again that is our list of standouts not to say that any of the guys that we mentioned before can't make their way to the top like we said this defense has got so many new faces who who knows necessarily who's going to be so many mysteries yeah right burrito express though not a mystery at all, guys. Well, it's kind of a mystery as to which one you're going to order. Oh, that is true. That is true. I, you know what? That is totally fair. Once. Because when I walked in the office this morning, there was the four bags yep. or five bags or whatever of burritos. And there was the bean and cheese. There was a the machaca hot. There was the burrito, the breakfast supreme. Um, and I pulled the breakfast supreme out of the mm-hmm. bag. And Max was sitting there eating his machaca hot burrito. And I put the BSB back and grabbed the Machaga Hot because it just, it spoke to me. You don't know until you know. It spoke to me at the moment. Guys, Burrito Express, they have locations all over the valley. And the food, just, it's so, so damn good. It is so damn good. Like, I don't know a better way. way to start your week. I, I don't know a better way to tell you than that, like, quite literally, they bring burritos on Monday, 20 some mod burritos. Those things are gone the next day because everybody in this office True. They're a bunch of savages for Burrito Express. Can't confirm. Because they're so damn good. If you don't believe us, go check it out for yourself. Like I said, locations all over the valley. Check them out and follow them on social at Burrito EXP. Um, again, we went to Vegas recently. What we was did. the first thing we did before we left? We stopped actually at two Circle Ks. We did. Two uh, Circle Ks, double the snacks. Double the snacks. Duh. Um, Joe, yes, we did leave Shane at the pool. He's tanning um, right now. Yeah, he's just getting a little tan on, refining those tan lines. Um, but Circle K, yeah, they, I mean, crucial for the uh, any given road trip. Oh, yeah. I mean, obviously, we got to fuel up. I'm not trying to get stranded out in the desert. Um, but also, you need to snack up. Snack up. I was, I was walking some almonds. They got these uh, wasabi soy sauce almonds. Ooh, baby. I love me. Ah, oh, man. I love me some wasabi and I love me some almonds, dog. The beatboxes were good too. They got, a deal, were good. They got a, a deal on beatboxes that got us, um, you know, made our Friday night pretty good. It did. Most Friday certainly. Made our Friday Most night pretty good. Man, that dinner we had pretty good. Oh, God. Man. We had a hell of a dinner that Friday was such night. Such a hell of a dinner. Hell of a dinner. Um, and Four Peaks, or geez. Uh, <laughs> Circle K is a hell of a, of a gas station. You can't get Four Peaks there. Um, again. Don't miss out on all the great stuff, the deals they have to offer. Um, right now, if you text PHNX to 31310, you'll join their SMS subscriber club and get a buy one, get one free offer on 32-ounce Polar Pops. Head to CircleK.com slash store dash locator to find the Circle K's near you. Do it. All right. Do it right now. Let's zoom out of the Arizona State bubble that we're in. We're going to have a lot more Arizona State football talk tomorrow because there's another media day tomorrow with the offense. So hopefully we're going to have some sound for you guys tomorrow on that but for now there was an interesting question on social media and i want to get chat's perspective on this as well so let's go ahead and pull up the tweet it says this one's from dane miller quote the pac-12 is the deepest football conference in america this year and it's the change my mind meme Mm -hmm. Um, so i've just got some of the teams listed here that 
in my mind, are threats for the AP Top 25. Okay? Conference by conference. The SEC. You've got LSU, Alabama, Georgia, Tennessee. Those are my four that I would argue are your powerhouse teams. You're, you're look at the SEC and you're confident in what those four teams can do. You go over to the Big Ten. You've got Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State. Wisconsin's a little bit of a question mark, but they did bring in Luke Fickle, so I am pretty confident in what he's able to do as a coach. Cincinnati fans can attest to that. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be interesting to see if he can bring Wisconsin back to life. You look at the Big 12, you've obviously got TCU. They lost a ton of pieces, but it's still TCU. Texas, Kansas State had a really impressive season last year. Can they build off of it? I think they can. Texas Tech, another really interesting team. but Not still, to mention all the teams that they're adding. That's four. Right. Mm-hmm. That is only four there. There's four in the Big Ten. There's four in the SEC. In the ACC, there's even less because the ACC sucks ass. You've got Clemson, Florida State, UNC. And Syracuse. Daniel Babers. Even then, even if you wanted to no. throw in. I mean, well, the, to be fair, I mean, Syracuse did start the season, what, 6-0 and last year? Like, they were ranked at one point, I believe. Or, or so... I mean, they, they entered, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's Syracuse. I was and Joe brings up an interesting point that I am going to get to here in a second, but you look at the Pac-12 and you got USC, Washington, Oregon, Oregon State, and Utah. That would be five. That is the most of any of those Power Five conferences. Now, Joe brings up the point, not sure any Pac team would win the SEC West. That's not the question. The question isn't which conference has the best teams. The, confer- the question is which conference has pretty much the deepest bag. Yeah. Now, I guess my question to you is, can those be two different things? I oh, Yeah, I didn't think it would be two different things. I think the root of every, like, because Glenn's saying that he, he believes it because they're the only conference that seems to cannibalize itself. I, I think what you can say for sure is that the gap between the top and the bottom of the Pac-12, with the exception of schools like Stanford, is probably the smallest um, in between the top and the bottom of any given conference in the country, I think would probably be fair. Um, but... Uh, I am not ready to say it's deeper than the SEC. Like, I, I, I'm not ready for that. And I mean, the Big 12, like you mentioned all those schools. You didn't mention Cincinnati. You didn't mention BYU, Houston, UCF, who all uh, throw kind of a wrench in all of that. So I'm hesitant to call them the deepest conference in the um, in the country. But I do think they'll give just about any conference a run for their money in that regard. Like, I do think... Again, the gap between the top and the bottom is is the smallest, and I think I think this is the conference that has the most number of teams who have a legitimate opportunity to win the conference. Like I, I think that there's probably five, six teams in this in this conference where like I've been on the Oregon State train. Obviously, if USC or Utah win, no one's surprised there. Washington was ranked second in the poll. There's Oregon, um, so. Like, I, I think this conference has more teams that have an opportunity. Because, like, let's be real. Alabama or, or the SEC only has two teams that I think are going to win that conference. It's either going to be Alabama or Georgia in my mind. Same with the Pac-12. Or, or the, you don't honestly, think LSU? Or LSU, excuse me. Yeah, that's, yeah. Uh, LSU has a chance there as well. Uh, Big Ten, that's probably going to be Ohio State, right? Yeah. So, like, yeah, but I, so I do think that the SEC, I think the Pac-12 is the most entertaining conference in that regard. Like, uh, any given game, anybody can win, and, and you're going to get, like, there's actual kind of mystery mystery as far as who is going to be the best team. But the conference. only reason that it's entertaining is because it's there's so much parody. Yeah, no, the parody I'm not denying at all, but in terms of the deepest, like I don't know, I am probably taking the fifth best SEC team versus the fifth best Pac-12 team. Yeah. Um and I, I would keep doing that until probably like a 
probably taking Mizzou over Stanford. Uh, probably like so. I'm again. I'm hesitant to put any conference above the SEC. I, I'd put them above the Big Ten though, for sure. Like I don't think the Big Ten is a deep conference at all. You real like you have Ohio State, you have Michigan. Outside of that, I'm sorry, I forgot to bring up Michigan earlier when I mentioned the Big Ten. But Michigan and and like those are the only two teams that I think are any kind of a real college football playoff threat, any kind of SEC or Big Ten championship threat. You get to the bottom of that conference. I mean, obviously, they're going through a bunch of other stuff. But Northwestern, like HK, Nebraska has been embarrassing recently. And obviously, they have rule. But um, who cares about Rutgers? Like, uh, no so way, I, no I, I do think I think they're probably second in this regard, if I'm being honest. Um, maybe third behind the Big 12. Um, but I definitely I'm, I can't put them ahead of the SEC. The reason why I think the Pac-12 is the deepest conference this season. And again, this is just my my personal opinion talking about. The, the storylines with the Pac-12 this year is the quarterbacks, mm-hmm. right? You look at the five quarterbacks on the five teams that I mentioned, a guy like Cam Rising, who we know is one of the most capable, yeah. underrated yeah, quarterbacks. Yeah, I do think this is the, the conference of quarterbacks. On a national yeah. level, you look at DJ Uyunglele and the untapped potential that mm-hmm. could hopefully, you know, spark some, some really... F- like fun games. Yeah, I mean, even if I he guess. elevates that team marginally, that's a yeah. that's a dangerous. Team. And then Bo Nix, a guy who quite literally you've had one of the most spectacular career resurgences in college football over the last decade has been. It's been awesome to watch what he was able to do last season. And I think he's going to have a great year this year, even without Kenny calling the plays. Then you got Washington and Michael Penix Jr., a guy who we know is super super talented. Mm-hmm. And in reality, if he stays in the game against ASU last year and they win that game. We're talking about Washington potentially being a college yeah, football playoff 100%. team. And then, you know, you just have the Heisman winner, the guy that's projected to be the number one overall pick in next year's draft, Caleb Williams, who just, you know, the pro comp is, to your point, the greatest quarterback of all time, and Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, and, um, I mean, like, yeah, as far as the quarterback, quarterback play is concerned, I don't think it's even really much of a question. But what would you say is the most important position on a football team? Oh, yeah, it's a quarterback. Yeah. And so, I mean, I get that argument, right? Like, uh, you have three different guys who have been in legitimate Heisman co- conversations and Michael Penix Jr. at, at Indiana um, the year before he transferred, uh, or not, I guess two years before he transferred, um, Caleb Williams and Bo Nix. And then... I mean, DJ, I'm not going to say he was a Heisman candidate, but I mean, he was a quarterback at Clemson. So there's always like that guy's kind of always a Heisman candidate. Yeah. Um, right. So you have guys who have who you you probably have the best quarterbacks in the country uh, or at least the deepest quarterback pool in the country. So as far as, as that's concerned, I would I'm definitely inclined. Uh, I definitely would agree with you for sure. Yeah. And again, I'm not this this conversation to I want to say it was Joe's point earlier, right, that the Pac-12 in terms of the SEC doesn't necessarily compare in the best, right? Deepest and best, completely different. If, if you want an example of that, just look at week one last season when Oregon got shit stomped by Georgia yeah. um, and then went on to have a, a phenomenal season with one of the best offenses in the nation. I believe they only scored three points against the Georgia defense. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, look, it is definitely not the best conference. I think it could be the most fun conference this season because of all of the quarterbacks because of the parody it's you know i i hope that the conference doesn't eat itself alive like it typically does um that way you get a little bit of pac-12 representation in the college football playoff before the eventual expansion but i i will i will stand on the hill that this is the deepest conference solely because of the best quarterbacks are in this conference that is you can't argue it the the best quarterback the best player in the country when it comes to college football, 
is playing in Southern California. Yeah. And that in and of itself, we already mentioned Cam Rising and all the other guys. So I will stand on that hill that the Pac-12 is the deepest conference um, in the Power Five. Illegal Pete's, I would argue, is both the deepest and the best restaurant in Tempe. Guys, patio season means patio beers. It is hot as hell outside. Okay? It is hot as hell. So go get yourself a beer at Illegal Pete's. Get some tacos. Enjoy the misters mm-hmm. outside. It's an it, it's a total vibe. Yeah, definitely high noons because I got some deals on those guys. Illegal Pete's is your go-to spot this summer. Kick back and enjoy an ice cold marg or cool off with a bucket of high noons. Five high noons for just twenty-two dollars. Hmm. It's Five. like four fifty per. I think we did the math. And if you've never had a high noon, high noon smack. They are so damn good. They do go pretty crazy. Don't forget to follow at Illegal Pete's on Instagram and stay updated on all their big events and deals going down this summer. Stay tuned on their stories to win free tickets to concerts. You are dying to see you guys. Illegal Pete's is here to make this summer one for the books. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Um, OG is helping us make the summer one for the books as well. Because if you hadn't heard... Uh, you obviously guys have been listening to the podcast because we talk about it all the damn time. Um, they've got a special summer edition um, pink lemonade gummy. It's so good. It's so good. Like it honestly, you know, we were raving about the orange creamsicle for like a year. It took over like easy. It took over as my best. No, nah, not easy because the, or- the orange creamsicle is amazing. They're all good. Yeah, I haven't had a bad flavor. No. Oh, my God. No. Like, I mean, no. I, I've said it all the time. If it was if it was non-medicated, I'd eat a whole bag of like candy in one yeah, sitting. That's right. Um. I could do that with it being medicated, but you know, I probably would forget where I am because you're supposed to take these things responsibly. Um, but yeah, OG's has something for everybody. Sleep edition gummies for people who struggle to fall asleep or stay asleep. Um, you know, they're happy balanced strawberries and cream with the CBD THC one to one ratio. Um, all their flavors, their fruits, their creams. Like I said, they're pink lemonade. So you got to check them out. Um, like I said, OGs, they simply don't miss when it comes to flavor and effect. So get your pink lemonade gummies while you can. Check out OGs online at OGsBrands.com and on Instagram at OGsBrands. You could also find their products at your local dispensary, but you must be 21 years or older to purchase. Yes, you do. Sean, before we get out of here, uh-huh. got one final topic. Uh-huh. One more time. Uh-huh. Leah, do you know do you know what that is? What animal that is? That's a goat. That is a goat. Yeah, straight. It's because we're talking about Leon Marchand. He is, in my personal opinion, going to go down as the greatest swimmer of all time. Berets, baguettes, and bodies. He's taking bodies. <laughs> He's the greatest swimmer in the world. If you didn't know, guys, Arizona State's Leon Marchand broke Michael Phelps last. Heard of him? individual heard of him maybe probably uh, i don't know the greatest swimmer of all time or heard of him he broke his last individual world record to win the world title in the men's 400 meter individual medley like he's a dog and he's only 21 years old and then oh he's gonna do the olympics in his in his home country which oh that uh feel bad for why show up i I feel bad for team usa why show up for if you're anybody i it's it's the first time that i'm ever going to be rooting for somebody not the u.s in in swimming because i'm all the way in i am we we mona me i am a leon (laughs) marchand fan barjour i i need that that at all times yeah like it let me start curling the talk about leon marchand we we and what he was able to do like just at Arizona State. Yeah, I mean, it's he's the most dominant male swimmer in the world. It's not even a question. Oh yeah. I mean, it's he's gonna win gold slash golds at the Olympics. It's so awesome to be able to call him a Sun Devil. Pretty uh, sure he didn't lose a race last year. I don't think he did. No, 
which is I mean, I mean he was kicking ass as a freshman and last year he was unbelievable just think about that though think about that in terms of like let's go fighting for example like uh, right? yeah think of th- it was like think that. About it. remember when we went to watch the fights and that guy was like the one of the biggest favorites in, in in ufc history yeah and it was like why even why even show up bother because you know like you got you you're, 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 del- you're delusional if you think you have a chance you're straight up delusional i i want to equate it to fighting but like it's not just a 1v1 right leon yeah. Rashawn's not just swimming no, because against in one fighting guy. you have a puncher's chance yeah there is no puncher's chance this is like if every single race last year was just like okay you got to get in the octagon and fight eight other guys and he won every single time yeah it's like playing <laughs> it's like being at a casino and and he is the house like you might think you have a chance, but you don't. And, and you might, you might, you might have a lead at one point, maybe or something early on. But at the end of the day, the house always wins. And I'm not talking. About, I mean, shout out Grant House, but um, the house in this situation is Leon Marchand. He always wins. Yeah. And, and it is a foolish, it is a foolish endeavor to bet against him. And you know who deserves some fucking love? Bob, Bob Bowman. Bowman. Yeah. Because not only is he dog. coaching Leon Marchand to greatness, but. Did you know who Michael Phelps' coach was? Who? Hmm. Oh. Bob Bowman. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, he's just he's the just, greatest swimming coach. Of literally, all. he is a goat breeder. That's all he does. <laughs> he's he a breeds, goat breeder? He breeds goats. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, he is. I mean, look, there needs to be a statue of him when it comes to, to Team USA and swimming and the facilities, whatever. Like, yeah. Bob Bowman. I mean, he genuinely, one of the, like at this point, he's going to be like the, one of the most influential people as far as, and I've, I'm not going to sit here and pretend I'm deep in the swimming community. So maybe I'm talking out of the side of the net, out of my neck. But like the reality is, is if he's coaching Michael Phelps, who is the greatest swimmer of all time, and Leon Marchand, who is like, he's like, he's, he's Shohei Otani. He's, he's Michael, or he's, he's Patrick uh, Mahomes. Like he's the guy that the only reason he, you can't call him a goat yet is because he hasn't been doing it long enough. Yeah. Like, so, and Bob Bowman coached both of them. He's he's more, he's got to yeah. be one of the most influ- influential coaches, at least in male swimming in the last decade, last it's like century. Like Bill Belichick, this century got uh, Caleb Williams, yeah, and then Patrick Mahomes, <laughs> yeah. and he had Tom Brady. Yeah, that's literally what he does. He's just <laughs> like he's, yeah. he's a goat breeder. Mm, our last goat, he just you know dominated the sport for twenty years. Why don't we just go? Yeah, uh, this line? goat's retired. Right, this this one's one. this goat is French. Um, <laughs> that's pretty much what Lego does. Lego. If you will. Put that on a t-shirt. Guys, that is going to do it for our show today. Before you head out, leave a like button. Hit that subscribe button. And give us a follow at PHNX underscore Sun Devils. You can follow me on social at Anthony underscore Totri. You can follow Sean to pause at Sean underscore to pause. Ooh, 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 ooh. Um, I mean, a fan of of B-Ward is always. Ah. There we go. Guys, like I said, we will be back 2 p.m. tomorrow and we're going to be talking about the Arizona State offense, which you know is going to be damn fun. But in the meantime, go get yourself a Marg and enjoy the rest of your Monday. Peace.